I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Day to the mash. No monster mash. It was a graveyard smash. Oh shit, yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> Because it's Halloween. Of course. Hello. Hello. Good to see you. It is Halloween tomorrow. I am so spooky. Only I, if you're listening on the day this comes out. If you're not, then sorry, you missed that book. If you're listening like a year down the line, it's like Easter. Then no, you're very if it's confused. a year down the line, it's, <laughs> it's Halloween again. So that's fine. <laughs> I have no concept of time, clearly. But it's good to be back. I'm excited. We have a, a brand new episode, which hilariously actually isn't Halloween themed. No, why would it be? It's only Halloween. Why would we do that? That would be so straightforward. No, we'd like to mix things up. So, what are we mixing up today? Today, we talk science goals. Science goals. I do not know enough science. I don't Well... I, I knew nothing about science until I spoke to our wonderful guest. I'm not kidding you. I learned so much. Yeah, this episode is incredible. So in this episode, we're going to have Florence Schechter. She's a scientist, a comedian, an all-around extraordinary woman who knows so much about uh, the past and all the things. So I think to help people along our science goals journey, we should give them a little bit of summary of what's going to be coming up in today's show. Ooh. So Florence tells us about a world first museum that she is in the process of creating. Yeah, it's amazing. We also talk about penis, penises, museums in Iceland. <laughs> yeah. And horrific encounters I had there. And we also find out from Florence what video of hers went viral. Yeah, it's a really interesting episode. And alongside that, there's a whole host of stories about the really like saucy past of like people from history and scientists. Like who knew that world was so insane? I mean, come on guys, you've got to stay tuned this is one hell of an episode and happy halloween thank you <laughs> thank you for that never say that again <laughs> But when you did that voice, I was like, Whoa. I was trying to be spooky. Oh, really spooked out over really here. Scared. Yeah, real scared. <laughs> You're like, please immediately stop. Never do that again. Yeah, never do that again. <laughs> um, hi, welcome back. Yeah, how you doing? I am wonderful, thank you. I'm in my full pumpkin outfit. Yes, you are sat there. Definitely not a lie. <laughs> not one bit of a lie. Look at you with all that orange. We'll put it on Instagram. No, we won't put it on Instagram. It's no. absolutely not true. Um, but I am excited this week because obviously, number one, it's Halloween tomorrow. So yep. my house is absolutely 
full of fake cobwebs and pumpkins and all kinds of Halloween memorabilia from Tiger, which I've spent millions of pounds on. Um, Not a lie. Not a lie. But also, we have a guest. We do have a guest. How exciting. We haven't had a guest in a few weeks. We haven't had a guest in a few weeks. And um, we're going to be talking to our guest about science goals. And she's here. Sorry, Halloween book. I feel like that was spookier than what I was going for. <laughs> I, I commend you. I think that was good. So much spook in the room. I mean, <laughs> too much spook in the yeah. room. So good to have you with us. Do you want to introduce to people who you are? Hello. Uh, my name's Florence Schachter. Uh, good uh, surname, FYI. Sorry. Thank you. <laughs> really it's, um, do you know what it means? No, tell me. It's Yiddish for the person who kills the animals. It's like a slaughterer. Yeah. You're, Flo- you're Florence Slaughterer. Yeah, Florence Slaughterer. The that's most nice. Halloween name. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so apt. That's so true. I don't know if you're lying right now, but if you are, the phenomenal <laughs> lie. Perfectly timed. <laughs> oh my God, do you want to know something? Yes. I, so, so I was being interviewed by somebody, I won't say who, but they were like very old and quite posh and whatever. And they were like, so where's that standing from? It's a very interesting. Are you foreign? And I burst out laughing. Clearly he had not got the memo. That that's like an inappropriate <laughs> thing to say. And and he saw that like I was kind of perturbed by the question, so he was like, he could see he wanted to come back from it. So he goes, no, 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 no. are you ethnic? I couldn't. I couldn't. Oh my god. No. It was. I just. Well, I get this kind of stuff all the time, so I just found it super funny. But oh did you god. didn't tell him what it means? Yeah, yeah, good then, yeah. yeah. And then I was like, I am the slaughterer. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Good. So, so this is so weird. Uh, people always think I'm French. Mm-hmm. So my surname in English is just darn boring. Yeah. My surname is a French surname. So when I'm in France, it's Amélie Durand. 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 <laughs> and I get like I step into France and people are like, oh, she's French. Bonjour, ça va? And I'm like, I don't know what to say. <laughs> so I get the same thing, but like she's a French girl. De- 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 yes. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Cheers. <laughs> I like that reference. Well, I'm just um, a moron, so of Moran. Oh, so I like sure. your you've changed um so obviously like we know each other chat on twitter a bit sometimes as well and you've changed your twitter name <laughs> do you want to touch on topic what it is yeah well it's only going to be my twitter name for what like one more, more day yeah. uh, but i've changed it to florence specter yeah. it's the same one i had last year but it was so hard to find a good pun yeah. like a, like a halloweeny <laughs> oh, sort of pun what would mine be i mean how long have we got <laughs> It's gonna be a real long episode. It took me a real long time to get that one out, and I have Twitter help. Oh, good. Oh, okay, good, good. Yeah. Well, we'll, well keep I mean, thinking. any of our any of our fans, just so we get in touch. Yeah, yeah. tweet us. Let us know what Sophie's. Any suggestions? Help us sister out. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I know nothing. Um, but aside from yeah, Halloween, obviously we're talking about science goals. You, you could just be like ghost fee or something. Very good. <laughs> ghost no. fee. I like the simple. Okay. And then I, then everyone, I know everyone's gonna get it. So that's yeah. perfect. I'll do ghost that fee. again. I've got one day, one whole day to bask in the glory. Um, <laughs> the most Halloween person ever, and then like absolutely nothing. It is funny though. As soon as Halloween's over, I feel like everyone's like Christmas. It's oh here. yeah, that's a real big advantage to being Jewish. Oh, don't get any of that. No, I don't. There are lots of Jews who celebrate Christmas, but I'm not one of those people. Uh, do you 
you find it like is it weird being surrounded by Christmas just chaos across yes. the UK yeah, yeah it's so weird because like it's everywhere and I'm not in it so if you're in it you can kind of be like you understand it maybe you get excited maybe you get annoyed but for me it's just like so alien it's just like all this don't get it I don't get it yeah. no we were talking at work about we just got an email through about all the Christmas holidays and all the days that aren't bank holidays and the days that you have to take off and my manager's Jewish and she was just like yeah I don't celebrate Christmas and it must it must be weird it's in, like you don't think about it if no. you're not there's a weird well it's not weird it's great Halloween Jewish crossover event called Bat Mitzvah I haven't been to it but a lot of my friends have and apparently it's amazing it's drag queen it's like it's like a gay night yeah I think for like you know like a gay club night yeah. it's called yeah. Bat Mitzvah oh my god I legit thought you said oh it's Bat Mitzvah and I was like oh my god obviously it's not what it is I mean like <laughs> Oh my god, a friend of mine is a Jewish drag queen and she has the best stage name. What is it? Hanukkah Lewinsky. Oh my god, yeah. that is so good. Oh god, <laughs> I often spend a lot of my time thinking about if I was a drag king, what would my name be? Oh. I don't know the answer, but I'm open to suggestions. Yeah. God, our listeners have got a lot of suggestions thinking about <laughs> my ghostly... God, you're really asking them for words. You should stop paying them yeah, for their labour. I'd like to challenge them on the commute. Think, yeah. please. It's like, like a weird version of like some kind of like countdown. Podcast calls this countdown. You only have a day to find out our Halloween Twitter name. Eight out of ten goes to countdown. How long have they got for your uh, drag name? Go. I mean, as long as you, as you fancy. I mean, I want to start this career quite soon. So. <laughs> Just let me know whenever you can. Perfect, <laughs> lovely. Um, but no, Halloween aside, we're talking about science goals. Woo! Exciting. Um, I don't know a lot of science. That's okay. Good, thanks. <laughs> I, feel, I already feel much better. We might test our listeners. Florence isn't going to test us, it's great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. But you better pay attention. Yeah. <laughs> but the slaughterer will come after you. Oh that God. is the most terrifying I've ever seen you look. You've already got the name. You've already got the name. So, okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, but no, science goals. So I guess for listeners, it would be good maybe to give them a little bit of a context of you, your background, why this episode is science goals. Mm-hmm. Who um, are you? Who, who am I? <laughs> That's a really deep question. Well, okay. Here's the light cliff notes. Uh, I did biochemistry at uni and I had no idea what I wanted to do with my life. I thought at one point when I was like 18, I wanted to be a doctor. And then I spent like eight months being a healthcare assistant and it was too much. I was like, I'm never working in a hospital. Like I have such admiration for people who do. Mm. And um, there's loads of different options. I was like, you know, maybe I could be a clinical scientist. Maybe I could be like a forensic scientist. I really like the idea of being a forensic scientist. And then I realized it's all bench work. And so like bench work being, you know, like when you're standing at like the counter and you're like pipetting and it's the most boring thing in the whole world. Oh my God, doing actual research. So like that threw a load of jobs out. So what I decided to do was I, went into science communication um, which is a word that a lot of people don't know outside of the industry no but I was going to say I have no idea yeah. what it is it's basically when you like talk about science but to the general public so like David Attenborough is a science yes. communicator Brian Cox is a science communicator oh, the people who write for Wired are science communicators simplifying it so that the, yeah, well, the not necessarily okay. simplifying it I don't know anything yeah. <laughs> no, 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 
Like, there's this idea that sometimes happens a lot with like science communication is like, oh, if we're talking to the public, we need to like dumb it down. And it's like, mm-hmm. no, no, that's not like stop underestimating your audiences, but also like that's not what it is. So because I have a background in like the arts, my dad's a musician, I've done like lots of music and theatre throughout my life, so I was like, oh, I'm gonna combine the two. And so my main form of science communication is uh, video making that started out, I had like a little YouTube channel which has kind of gone on hiatus um, mm-hmm. at the moment because I'm have got a very big project yeah. happening which yeah. I'm secret secret we'll tease it but you won't know <laughs> yeah. just yet um, and uh, comedy so I'm writing I've done lots of like science comedy I've you know been to the British Science Festival and the Science Museum and so I had my first show like a week ago of my of Queer by Nature which is this new show oh I'm writing oh my god it's um, it was at the cellar um, in Sheffield which is a theatre that's being run by my sister total nepotism <laughs> It's a really nice theatre. It's like a 40-seater. And um, it's their kind of like fringe queer theatre because Sheffield doesn't really have like a queer space like that. And it doesn't just do queer stuff. But it like does lots more of it. It's really cool. I went to uni at Sheffield and I've been to that theatre a couple of times. Um, and it was really nice. But your show sounds amazing. What is it? What is it about? It's called Queer by Nature, mm-hmm. and it's all about like um, LGBT behaviour and animals and how it's evolutionary beneficial. Oh my god, I love that. I'm already. Oh my god. <laughs> yes. Yeah, because like it helps. Like because. Basically, the premise is, is like people, you know, with evolutionary biology being invented by Darwin, sex was for procreation, right? So, like, it didn't make sense to people that, like, why would you have sex if there's no purpose of procreating? And it's like, why do you have sex? Like, there's, and so sex and, and like, procreation and sex has been decoupled in, in virtually every animal, including us. So then, like, why shouldn't it be with someone of the same sex? Because if you're doing it for, like, bonding, if you're doing it for hierarchy reasons, like, what, you know, go for it. For it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. If you're just doing it for fun times. Fun times, covers yeah. and blankets. I mean, <laughs> right? Just as good. I yeah. will say, okay, so I'm bi, and women are so much better at cuddles. They are so. I <gasps> I agree. So I am gay, but mm. only came out about a year ago, and don't even think I've necessarily said that on podcast before. So there you go. That's oh. out. That's out there. But yeah, a thousand percent agree. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Softer, sure, <laughs> cuddlier. Mm, they really are. With guys, you've always got like the weird <laughs> shoulder bone bit. Like their shoulder bone always happens to find it into your face. And <laughs> I've had a lot of situations and I ended up with that when I was with guys. With a bone in your face. (laughs) Oh god, I mean that's why I'm gay. That's so interesting. How did you how did you go about researching that for your show? Um, I have a very strange Google search history. <laughs> um, there's like a lot of studies have been done on it now. Not as much as you'd think, obviously, but like there's quite a few books out there and things like that. One that's really good is called Evolution's Rainbow by Dr. Joan Roughgarden, who is a trans woman who is a scientist. And she came out in like, uh, God, like the 80s or the 90s or something. And so she had to quit her job as a scientist because of it mm-hmm. um, and she writes this amazing book and it's all about different sexual behaviours different gender expressions different mm-hmm. sexes and then there's like a final chapter about humans as well that's awesome okay so here's something that's insane and it's not necessarily to do with queer behaviour but it really tells you something mm-hmm. so there's this type of bird in the Amazon which she is like the matriarch and she has a harem of males um, who look after her chicks and sometimes she'll even like get impressed Impregnated, not impregnated, but it was like she'll, you know, lay eggs from some male she found out out and about when she was hunting or whatever. And then her harem will look after that chick, Ooh. right? And all the scientists who are writing about this are like, she's cuckolding them! <laughs> like they're using this really loaded language for a bird. Like the bird, like the bird 
care about your societal expectations. The bird is living her life. Yeah, yeah living her best life. Yeah. But like, on the other hand, there are loads of animals who do exactly the same, but like sex swaps. So like gorillas, for example, male gorillas will have a harem of females. And no one says that. No one's like, oh my God, he's such a player. He's such a promiscuous. It's like, no, he's an animal. <laughs> gorillas in the mist would have been a very different thing otherwise. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What's really interesting about gorillas is the females will initiate sex a lot more than the males will. They'll be like, have yes, sex girl. with me, have sex with me. And the males will be like, can't be And she decides when they have sex and when they stop have sex and everything. Yes, babe. Oh my God. So you've had your, you had your first show. Have you got others coming up or is it a one-off show? Um, no, no, no. I'm trying to like, like make it a thing. So Ooh. I'm going to take it around to like festivals and prides and theatres and like science festivals as well, so but exciting. also regular festivals. Um, so you can just like look at my website. There's like a show yes. list. www.floschechter.com Oh, I love it. Because like you do, um, you've done a lot of kind of comedy stuff. Like you had a YouTube channel. I know you mentioned it was on a hiatus. I wondered mm. if you could tell us a little bit about that. There's a particular video that I think is hilarious, which is a spoof of a Little Mermaid song. <laughs> oh, yeah. Do you want to talk yeah. about that? That was so much fun. I enjoyed that. Yeah, so it's part of your world uh, from The Little Mermaid. And it's re- I rewrote it as part of your lab as someone who desperately wants to get into academia and desperately wants to work <laughs> in someone's lab. And I... I recorded it in the University of Sussex because a friend of mine, she's doing her PhD there on like cancer biology. And I was like, would this be super weird? She was like, no, 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 just like come on a Saturday. And while we're doing this, there was someone who was working there. <laughs> they were like looking at their petri dishes and everything. And I'm there just like throwing Western blocks in the air. And like, like, morning. Morning. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was really weird. You have to watch it because that's, that's really funny to imagine knowing how like out there you are in this video and then someone in the background and they're like white cold going, you <laughs> I think you would have like brained out the day to be honest if boring dishes was what they're looking at yeah. it's really funny it's really well done as well I was looking at the um, the camera shots for uh-huh. Little Mermaid-esque yeah mm. I like it um, but how did you start your YouTube channel like how did that come about did it <laughs> <laughs> and a podcast <laughs> <laughs> no so I was I was in my third year of uni and that's when I decided that I wanted to do science communication and I was in Birmingham and there were loads of opportunities like you know maybe you could volunteer at a festival or something but it was a bit boring and you kind of just did whatever you were told and I wanted to like have some creative control over something Mm -hmm. so I was like I'm just gonna make a YouTube channel had no idea how to edit videos how to film videos no idea how to record sound anything so I just like taught myself on the internet and I remember the first ever video I did it took me like three days to edit and it was only like four minutes long like three full days of of, because I was literally learning as I went and um, I still hate editing and now and so now I like freelance filmmake and it's insane what people think they're like oh so a five minute video that won't take you very long this is only five minutes long and you're like oh my god you have no idea (laughs) you don't understand yeah because it's literally like even just having to look through the raw footage will take because you're looking through all the raw footage um so that's what i did i just like did it a bit more and then one of my videos went viral that was fun not for any particular reason it just got caught up in like the algorithm loops of youtube Mm because the way youtube works is it's like a richer get richer algorithm which means if somebody watches it it'll get recommended more and if it's recommended more yeah. more people will watch it and then exactly it was uh, my video top 10 animal penises where I literally yeah, just list my favourite animal penises of course that went viral <laughs> hang on what's your number one favourite animal penis oh my god it's the water boatman um, what the yeah, little yeah. tiny little yeah, yeah. they yes. have they are. Yeah. <laughs> they have. They have penises. They do indeed have penises. Peni penises. Peni. I don't. I don't know. <laughs> I don't really 
The reason they're my favourite is they are the loudest animal proportional to their size. And guess how they make that sound? They're the penis! Yeah, with the the way they do it, there's two different ways because they're so tiny, it's really difficult to tell. Where either they will rub their penis on a ridge like a vi- like they're playing a violin <laughs> on their abdomen, a ridge on their abdomen, or they have many ridges on their abdomen and they'll do it like a washboard, you know? <laughs> no one can see these actions that Flores yes. is doing, but it's very vivid. Um, yeah. Uh, and uh, the reason they do this is to attract mates. And so the like idea is is that it's like they peacocked, they the this evolutionary thing spiraled out of control because you want to be the loudest one, right? Because if you're if you're quieter, then no one's gonna hear you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you wanna be the loudest mate. So they get louder and they get louder and they get louder and they're like, no, they're the loudest animal. Yeah. Yeah. So if you ever walk past a pond, got a Saturday night in the pond, you, you it's gonna be jumping. Yeah, you can hear it with your own ears. So if what? you ever walk past a pond and you see loads and loads of water boatmen and oh, you can hear a little buzzing, oh that's penis sound. Oh, good. Don't tell me cicadas do that as well, because if I find out that the sound of a cicada is just them like fucking each other, I can't, I can't do that. Oh no. I think that's their legs. I'm not sure. Oh, <laughs> yeah, I can't wear that you know jewelry anymore that oh, comes around God. every time. That's amazing. I'm um, what other weird animal penis are there? I'm so yeah. I mean, we need, I need to watch this viral video. Clearly, um, yeah, just that video. Yeah, yeah. yeah. make it go viral again. We can actually link it or link it um, somewhere on Twitter or something. Yeah. Speaking of animal penis, clearly uh, <laughs> you've got something more to seamless, give on this subject. I really have seamless link, um, which will also seamless link into a very exciting reason why Florence on a podcast. I went to the uh, penis museum in Iceland. Right. <laughs> oh yeah, you did. Yeah, a year ago. My WhatsApp was going off when it was. <laughs> I was so disturbed. I was so disturbed. I know. That's what you. That's what I knew you were gonna be gay. Yeah. <laughs> that was a nightmare. Why would any lesbian go to the penis museum? Why? I know, right? No, that's the right. That's the right thing to ask. I asked myself that eventually, but um, it's mad. Like there was kind of this these huge dicks in my gosh, jars. Yeah. They were. They've got like blue whale dicks. Yeah, it's yeah. a blue whale dick is like enormous. Mm. I mean, you'd kind of expect that because whales are quite big. Yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, it was absolutely enormous. But they they had these um, these exhibits you'd have to go over and the really really bad dicks are under <laughs> cloths oh wow you have to so lift so up yeah you have to lift it up and it has like a just beware you know caution sort of right. it's like massive dick <laughs> <laughs> so disturbing but it was quite it was quite funny it's quite interesting and also you kind of you learn a lot about penis mm. I didn't want to do you know when like, everyone takes that cloth off to have a look they should have a camera capturing all the reactions oh my god yeah. that would be yeah. Yeah. And then idea. Yeah, I'm going to copyright that idea and yeah. uh, go yeah, to Iceland and uh, sell it into yeah. them. <laughs> yeah, you, we sh- yeah, do it. Sure, there I'll, you go. I'll, Podcast I'll is that. over. Great. Save us off to Iceland. Yeah, I'm sorted. <laughs> but um, the reason that's a really seamless link mm-hmm. is because the most one of the most exciting things I've heard in a very long time is that you have made the world's first bricks and mortar vagina museum. Well, I haven't made it just yet. Oh, really? Really? <laughs> 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 speeding you along. of making this first yeah. amazing thing like how has that come about I, I, con- I literally I'm dying to hear your answer <laughs> I am so fascinated by this that's after our yeah. break actually maybe we should take a quick break before we dive into learning about the vagina museum I think we all need a break <laughs> <laughs> let's have a quick breather 
Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. It came about because I found out there was a penis museum and there was no like vagina equivalent anywhere in the world and I was like, that's bullshit. And then I thought about it a bit more and I was like, yeah, actually this sounds like a really cool idea because I don't need to say this like too much. You, I'm sure you already know there's this thing called the patriarchy, um, which really dislikes vaginas, you know, it's always sure. trying to control them. There's a lot of history. And the thing is, is there is like much more interesting vagina history than there is penis history. With penis, penis history and penis heritage, it's like, oh, there's like a festival in Japan where they like parade around massive penises and then what? There's a there's this, like a fertility festival or something and, oh. and they go and they have this parade and they have these humongous penises but that's not what I want to talk about <laughs> because yeah there's like like vagina history is way more interesting because you've got like the history of you know reproductive rights the history of menstruation the history of childbirth yeah. the history of medicine sex work you know language language that we use is way more interesting for vaginas than it is for penises that is true actually I can yeah. think of several things that a mm-hmm. vagina could be called um, there's a great clip isn't there where it would viral on it was it in the news someone called in and they were um they had said uh oh it's it's wetter than an otter's pocket today someone's <laughs> just called in from somewhere in birmingham and she's like it oh, has no idea yeah there are so many words what kind of words have you come across to describe vaginas well i mean there's all so they tend to fall into various different categories so there's like the infantilizing ones like boo-foo and noonie oh, and yeah. And then there's like the meaty ones and the uh, foody ones, which are super gross. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like food related is really, you know, because vaginas are consumed. You know, like tuna pocket and beef curtains. Oh, Sorry, I know they're horrible. Do you know what's even worse is when you start learning about other languages. So in Danish, I can't say it properly because my Danish is terrible. The, the word for labia is like sham lip and it literally means shame lips. That Seriously? Directly translates as shame lips. And that's like the medical word. It's not even like a slang. That's the just medical like the word for labia in, in Danish is shame lip. Yes. And in German as well. And in German. That is insane. I've, I've never worried about that. On the other hand though, okay, so it's very hard to find a positive word for mm-hmm. vaginas. But I learned that in Italian, if you call something a vagina, it means it's cool. You're like, oh. that's so vagina. Yeah. It means it's a, like a cool thing. It's a great thing. And where was that, sorry? Italy. Italian. 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 Yeah. Yeah. No. <laughs> this pizza is vagina. <laughs> Please don't start saying that in the UK. <laughs> 
just be like some like trendy place in Dawson. You'd be like, Sam China. <laughs> and there's obviously the big one, you know, this, the big C, um, which I love. I'm going to say it now, just Ooh, so you Drop on a C bar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but I love the word cunt. It's very powerful. Mm-hmm. And I, what I love about it is it wasn't always offensive. So it started gaining its power like maybe two or 300 years ago. If you look back as far as like Shakespeare and Chaucer, they know the word is like a bit saucy, but it's not that terrible that you can't even mention it. Mm-hmm. Because they're like, they're constantly making see you next Tuesday jokes and, and stuff like that, you know. And and like they say the word cunny, which is like short for cunt and things like that. Shakespeare, I what? never knew this. Shakespeare makes loads of cunt jokes. Yeah, much ado, you know, much ado about nothing is a pun. What? Because nothing meant vagina. Oh my lordy, I'm yeah, learning so much. That is so my favourite fact I've ever heard. Yeah. I'm learning so much, I can't wait for this museum. Hurry, I'm now with the Emmy. Can you please make this museum ASAP? Oh yeah, there you go. Um, so we're going to have, the, per- the, the current plan for the permanent museum is we're going to have four galleries, science, culture, society and history, where science is like all the informationy things because mm-hmm. there's so much misinformation yeah. about that you can learn about like anatomy health sexuality gender identity menopause all these things then um culture is like all the art um and sculptures and books and plays you know mm-hmm. you'll have Hammy's tale and Janelle Monáe's pink will just be playing on loop society is like the social history side of it it's like you know what laws we've had you know like FGM social mm-hmm. violence it's gonna be the most depressing one and yeah. then but important but also so important yeah. that people hear about yeah, it yeah yeah absolutely mm-hmm. um I mean that's one joke. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and then history is, you know, like history of the men's, of menstrual products. You know, we know nothing about menstrual products. Most of what we know about menstrual products is from ads. And ads only started oh, happening within God, maybe the past ads. hundred years. Mm. I know. But before that, like, we literally don't know. Because mm. no one recorded it. Because why would you? One, mm. history was written by men, so why would they? And even if a woman was writing history, because we do have stuff from women from mm-hmm. history, less, but we do have it. But like, why would they be right about their periods? Yeah, they would yeah. never do that. Interesting. What were they writing? about them what were the kind of the women in history sort of collecting information Uh on a lot of them were making treatises for the education of women you know Catherine of Aragon for example Mm -hmm. so most famous for you know like destroying England hang on who is she for people who might not know who she is so so the first wife of Henry VIII um, she was actually married to his brother and when his brother died he was like and his advisors were like oh we should probably like keep her married you know keep her in because we want to have that relationship with Spain problem was is at the time it was considered incest if you married your brother's wife so they so the way they got around it was mm-hmm. they were like oh it was never consummated they were married for years like it was clearly consummated but they pretended it wasn't consummated so they could have the marriage for like you know political reasons it's so sneaky yeah. right but then they were married for like 20 years and then um, Henry VIII was like nah <laughs> <laughs> like no mate don't fancy this yeah yeah, yeah. He, because he married her really young he became king really really young uh, so they got married and then he got the hots for Anne Boleyn mm-hmm. so it's like I need to get rid of her so they pretend like she lied when she said she didn't consummate the marriage and therefore it was incest and therefore God was punishing her by giving her all these miscarriages so that's what she's most famous for because he had to divorce her um, because he couldn't kill her because that would properly start war so he had to divorce her which meant he had to leave the Pope he had to leave the church so he had to set up the Church of England so she's like a very important person in the history of Britain what people don't know about her is she wrote books about encouraging the education of women. Really? Yeah. yeah. That is never taught Whoa. in history. Right? I mean, that's not the first thing you think of. No. <laughs> no, no, no. So, um, so there's loads of people like that. So before, like, first wave feminism happened uh, with the suffragettes, there were feminists beforehand and one of their really big things was encouraging society to educate women. I'm literally yeah. learning so much. Yeah. I'm learning, I'm learning more from you than I feel like I learned at school in history. Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Genuinely. We don't learn oh, any women's God. history at all. 
school wow. is like Victorians, Tudors, boom. Although Victorians and Tudors, obviously best English monarchs, yeah. both women. <laughs> we got that. Yeah. We got that. It's funny, like, because obviously, um, so Ranch, you and I know each other through mm. the Women of the Future, um, mm. which is cool. You were highly commended in Women of the Future. Thank Amazing. You. That was super awkward because in the um, in the ceremony, the presenter is like, ah, oh, we would like to do, high, you know, give highly commended to Flora Schechter for setting up the Vagina Museum, and, and clearly people hadn't read the program because yeah, yeah. everyone started talking, <laughs> and they're like, oh my god, oh my god, did she just say vagina? Whatever. Because it's like this. The one Italian in the room was like, yeah. And the and the like the host of the evening had to be like, settle down, settle down. It's only a vagina. It was so funny. I remember when that that moment happened because obviously Vagina Museum Grey and I was there in the media category also with Alex Fox, who you know, who we've had on as sex goals in our season one, which you should go back and listen to if you haven't. It's a really equally interesting episode. Yeah, really interesting. Alex is amazing. Yeah. She's a genius. And she's hilarious. Oh, you both of you guys, like fantastic, lovely guests. But yeah, I remember us being at the ceremony and chatting and you were telling me all about history and some of these sauciest people that are like in the royal families and I just oh remember we, we had a great chat but I learned so much just chatting with you over <laughs> yeah. time that one time oh my god that was good yeah, I learned so much yeah. yeah the royals have the most Tell hilarious some secrets come on uh, there is oh god there's so many sorts of secrets there's one I need to look up his name because it was a fact that I was reminded of recently so there was like this 12th century king who basically had a gay lover and like because he was king, like no one's like did anything. He was just like, yeah, this is my like friend guy, you know, whatever his name. I need to look. It's mentioned in She Wolves. If you have Netflix, watch She Wolves, and they talk about the story. Because the the wife, the queen, she was really upset that her husband was gay, not because like he was gay, but because she was a posh lady, and she was told one day you're gonna like marry someone important, and you're gonna ha- give him lots of babies. And she's like, I want to be able to fulfill my role and have lots of babies. You don't want to have sex with me. You want to have to sex with him. And so she basically like started. War. Oh god. Yeah. Good honor. I mean, yeah, Star Wars. Yeah, you know? Yeah. She probably had a period, no one knew. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah no one recorded no it. Right about yeah. it. You know, periods, it's really interesting because periods is much more a modern thing than they ever were then because, like, before the invention of contraception or mm-hmm. effective contraception, contraception has always existed. Um, but before that, we kept getting pregnant all the time and so we literally had just less periods and we have much more periods nowadays because we have, you know, condoms yeah. and pills. Yeah. Oh my god, there's so much. I'm like, You're really so making good. me think, I'm not gonna lie. Like, I'm buzzing for this museum. Get it me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, no, I'm kidding. Yeah. It's amazing. How, how is it? I mean, obviously, it's incredible it's coming up, but like, it must be a lot of hard work yeah. setting up the museum. Yeah. And <laughs> oh, where are you? Where She's are like, you? Don't remind where me. Are you? <laughs> yeah, I'm so I tired all the time. <laughs> oh, where is it gonna be? Oh, I have no idea. Somewhere in London. Um, my dream location would be something like Holloway Prison. Um, because wow. it's big, it's got like lots of, you know, history and stuff, but it's definitely gonna get bulldozed and turned into luxury flats. Oh, so really? you know, Yeah, like definitely. Oh. They have been do the Ministry of Justice has been doing like they've been taking pids and the bits of closed and we haven't heard anything, so mm-hmm. we'll see. But yeah. I'm part of this uh collective called the Alliance of Emerging Museums and Ooh. it's um, us, Queer Britain, Queer Museum, the Museum of Homelessness, Climate Museum, Migration Museum Project, who have I forgot, Museum of British Colonialism mm-hmm. and um, yeah we're all like these new museums that are 
currently being set up because we have realized there is a huge gap. Most museums around the world were started because there were these rich bored people who had collections and were like, I'm going to open it to the public because I'm so magnanimous. <laughs> um, and that's how most of our museums have started. And what that means is that they're extremely biased. Like people in the museum sector like are like, oh, no, 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 we're totally equal because we're showing heritage and there's no bias whatsoever. And it's like, you know museums were made by like, people right <laughs> and so it means a lot yeah. of uk museums are ex- like they are extremely colonial you know there's a lot of like stolen objects in there they represent like people of color really badly mm-hmm. um and so all of these museums are addressing those gaps i was talking to a museum's professor about an object that i found in um oh, where is it? i think it's the vna that they have and it's a soapstone carving. I shared it on the Vagina Museum Instagram on October the 2nd. So go look at it. It's a soapstone carving that was collected from Zimbabwe and it's of a vulva and there's a clitoris and it's like quite a big clitoris because if you look at like ones that you get from Rome, ancient Rome for example, there's no clitoris, it's just the slit. And so I thought this was really interesting and I wanted to share it and I asked her, what do you think is the origin of it? And she was like, when was it collected? Entered the museum collection in 1905. And she was like, well, isn't it obvious why it was collected? scientific racism. What was happening was at the time in sort of like the late 1800s and the build up to the Second World War, a lot of scientists were trying to prove race, you know, races were different and certain races were better than others. And a big theory at the time was that black women had different vulvas to white women. They had bigger clitorises and this was proof that they were more promiscuous and white women were much purer and better than the black women. So they probably collected this as like proof. Look at how they encourage sexuality in their women sort of thing. Jesus. Yeah. Science, just like museums, is one of those things that people always think like, oh, it's unbiased, you know, it's because of the scientific method, it must be perfect and stuff. And it's like, no, science is still done by people. Jesus Christ. You're making me think about it so much. You're so genius. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So Completely just sat here like gazing into the sky now. God, you are science goals. I mean, a week ago, two weeks ago, you were on a podcast episode with the Royal Chemistry Society. Oh, yeah. How how was that? Um, That was really cool. It was just like a guy on Twitter who works there was like, oh, I saw your stuff. Would you like to record some podcasts? And it was so much fun. It was was called Chemistry and Its Element. And because they did all the elements, basically, they were going to have a podcast for every element. And then they ran out of elements. They've been doing it for so long. Uh, so now they do compounds. Oh, I mean, so congratulations to them yeah. for all their developments. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, very well. So, so now they do compounds. They sent me a long list of compounds. And they were like, just pick three. So what are compounds people who may not know what they are? Um, they're just, you know the periodic table? Yes. An element is when you have an atom and it's like a single atom mm-hmm. and it has a certain number of protons. And that was defined as like, that's that's hydrogen and that's helium and that's boron and that's like gold and whatever. Mm-hmm. It's because it has that particular number of protons. When you combine atoms with different numbers of protons to make, so for example, salt, NaCl, mm-hmm. that's a combination of sodium and chlorine, that's a compound. Mm-hmm. It's literally any combination of elements. That's what it is. Okay. Super simple. It's when they get together. Yes, when they get, it's when they hack up. Uh, I was, I was going to say hook up and shack up and I ended up with hack up. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's when they hack up. Yeah. <laughs> and they're so cruel. 
Um, yeah, so th- so I picked Culture Scene. So that was the one that was a couple weeks ago, um, which is a gout medicine. And I thought it was really interesting because my mum has gout. So I phoned her up and she was like, oh my God, fucking love Culture Scene. She didn't say fucking love Culture Scene. She's not that kind of woman. She was like, I love Culture Scene. <laughs> it's really great because, well, super, go listen to the podcast. But Culture Scene is a medicine that has been known for literally over 3,000 years. And like, if you. 3,000? Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like the ancient Egypt, Egyptians knew about culture scene, and the ancient Romans knew about culture scene, about how in, you know, the. In ancient, in ancient Persia, they knew about culture scene, about how helpful it is. And that was really rare. Mm. Medicine basically didn't work until maybe a couple hundred years ago. Mm. Like, literally, like you could have a doctor, but they would just kind of go by your bed and yeah. pat your head. <laughs> Stick a leech on your leg. Exactly. And so the fact this is an ancient but also effective medicine is like super unique. So then I did that one. I did Myristicin, um, which is the active ingredient in nutmeg. Oh. Because did you know nutmeg is a hallucinogen? No, it is yeah, not. Yeah. You're going to take like a lot of it. For us, it's gone crazy. <laughs> Unless I know nothing that you've told me. I'm literally like, yeah, don't tell me more. You're telling me it's things. A hallucinogen. Do you yeah, have yeah. to have like a certain amount? Yeah, you've got to have like five grams. You have to have like a lot of it. Just to say, listeners, please. Please don't go away and have five grams of nutmeg. Yeah, because also let me tell you right now, because the the like hallucinogenic dose and the lethal dose are really really close. Yeah, so a thousand percent. Do not try this at home. It's also not a nice high. And so the Royal Society of Chemistry were like, oh, so you're going to write about like how it's a hallucinogen? And I was like, no, I'm going to. Do you know I'm going to? So I I did I did write a little bit. You'll listen to it. I think this one should be shared at Christmas because obviously nutmeg, Christmas, Mm -hmm. whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, nutmeg is basically the reason um, the whole world speaks English. What? I know. I won't tell you the story. Is this on the podcast? Yeah, it's on the podcast. So go listen to the podcast. How can people find it? I think it's going to be out around Christmas time in December. So you'll have to just, just like follow me on Twitter and I'll share it then. What is the podcast called again? Just so people know how to find it. Chemistry in its element. And it's made by the Royal Society of Chemistry. Wow. And every episode is only like five minutes long. That's incredible. I've genuinely, I've learned so much today. Yeah, no, but thank you so much for coming on because you made science. Like, I'm really like... I feel like I've learned so much. You feel like you've made people interested and and like more engaged in science. I love it. Thank you. Well, like that's literally my job. So thank you. <laughs> you have done your job well. Well done, you. Um, no, this is my appraisal. Like as a freelancer, I don't get appraisal. A plus. Yeah, you passed your uh, probation. Well done. Um, no, joking aside, you are science girls. Like people should come and check you out. Obviously, we've got the fantastic vagina museum in the works. Your mm-hmm. show, your comedy show, which is happening. Keep an eye out. For others in the future, the Royal uh, Chemistry Society podcast, its elements, and um, your YouTube channel if it ever decides to uh, come Ooh. off a little hiatus. Yeah, what? check out that penis video because we are. But how can people find you on social media? What are your handles if they want to get in touch? Um, so my Twitter is Flo Schechter, F L O S C H E C H T E R. Blame my parents. Um, <laughs> um, slaughterer, for those who know you personally. Yeah. The that's yeah. what I call them. Yeah. Uh, at Hanukkah time. On Instagram, I mean, Instagram isn't super sciencey. It's literally just like selfies of me about town. It's, it's yeah. Florschecht. F-L-O-R-S-C-H-E-C-H. And the reason it's that is because, one, I made it before a time when I realized you had to, like, coordinate all your handles. Oh, yeah. I now know this. And I can't change it because someone already has oh, Florschecht. Yeah. It's like this old Jewish really? lady in America. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> it's really cute. What are the I feel, I feel, I've learnt so much. I feel genuinely. I'm wrapped in even more cobwebs from the house. (laughs) It's all going off. Well, I mean, come on. Thank you so much, Florence. You've been a legend. Thanks for having me. I had so much fun.
fun. So good. good. Go check Florence out. Um, also go check out the Vagina Museum mm. Twitter as well. Is that yes. at Vagina Museum? It's Vagina underscore Museum. Okay. As is our Instagram, yeah. Vagina underscore Museum. You should yeah. look at um, lots of vagina pictures, very often reported. <laughs> um, but on Facebook, with facebook.com forward slash the museum, because, because Facebook was like, vagina is a naughty word. And they wouldn't let us Facebook. have our handlers, the museum. But like our page title is Vagina Museum. Like they don't have a problem with that. It's really, it's really yeah. weird. But they'll listen to this and they'll be like, no, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mainless God. Mark Zuckerberg definitely listens. Yeah, yeah. Like, Bullshit. Podcast yeah. girl's number one fan. He loves us. No, seriously, yeah. Like Sophie said, thank you so much. It's been amazing. Um, have a fantastic Halloween. Thanks, you too. Are thank you doing you. anything special? No, I'll probably sit in my house, you know, just a normal night for me. Uh, but like in a ghost costume. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, oh yeah. 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 I mean different to the one she's wearing today. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, this is just a sheet. The next one is, you know, an actual ghost costume. Oh my god, well, I, I'm gonna go have a very spooky time. Yeah. yeah I'm also gonna do a spooky goodbye. You ready? Okay. Yeah, go. Goodbye. Oh, real <laughs> spooky again. Oh, the intro, the outro, I mean, the whole thing. I'm spooked out. You should just end it there. <laughs> Thank you for coming on. Bye. I'll see you later. Bye. Bye. if you enjoyed that and you want to hear more then help us out and comment rate subscribe on itunes and just let us know what you thought and please if you did like it please help us out by commenting rating or <laughs> subscribing you can also listen by the acast website or on the app and you can find us at podcast goals on social media so we're on instagram twitter and facebook all of the socials all of them well not all of them most of them three of them <laughs> But if you are on barely any of these social channels, that's our way. <laughs> so drop us a line. We'd love to hear from you guys. And we're looking forward to seeing you next week. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Baby, come back. I'm going to keep that in. Can I do that again? I'll do that again. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.